Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. But this is a conversation that's near and dear to me. As I've gotten older, this has become more important to me. Authenticity. I create it. I like it. I love it. Um, I think it's really important in the business that I'm in. And you've probably seen this too. When you're watching someone on TV or listening to someone on the radio and you can tell that they're not being authentic. It's not really, they would be a very, very different person, uh, if you ran into them off the air. Um, it's a big turnoff. It's not a good thing to do in our business. Um, but it, you see it in other places as well and it bugs me. Like nothing will turn me off about a person faster than phoniness. That, that hits me immediately. It's just, when you can clearly tell that somebody is not being themselves, when somebody's playing a role or putting on an air, I'm out. Uh, and, I, and I'm not coming back either. Authentic, authenticity is where it's at. You can trust it. I think that's what it is. When you're talking to someone, you can tell this isn't really the person that you're talking to. It's just someone playing a role they think they've got to play in order to succeed. Uh, that's it. There's no trust, right? Give me someone who's clearly damaged um, and, and aware of it, but just just a, a human, like a, a human that you can sort of, okay, I, I, I know where this person's coming from. It makes a big difference. Unfortunately, it's not always easy to find, especially at work. There is a push. There's no question. If you've ever worked in a workplace, you know there is a push to sort of play a role. You may not even be aware of it. You may do it to yourself just because you think you need to. Um, and you've probably heard the term drink the Kool-Aid. Now, I, I'm, I'm injecting that into the conversation myself. I don't know if that's necessarily if I'm off base here, but, you know, sort of that corporate speak and the buzzwords and we're all on the same team and you've probably heard it. And to me, that's pretty inauthentic. But maybe this is going to change. Let's hope so. Possibly. There's at least a movement afoot saying it should change. And I'm all here for it. Let's uh, chat with Patricia uh, face on Hewlin. If I got it right, an organizational researcher at McGill. Uh, did I get the name right, Patricia? Perfect, perfect. Shane. Good, Thank good. You. Okay. Um, listen, I, I, I've got a lot of feelings about authenticity, and maybe I'm completely yeah. off base. But you've done a bunch of work around this, going back a lot of years. It's true, right? There are so many of us, workplace or not, that that play roles. Like we're just we're, we're somebody different depending on where we are and what we're doing. Absolutely. And what's interesting is that there has been such a major push about bring your whole self into the workplace. And it's to the point where it's a bit confusing, number one, and frustrating, number two, for people who really do want to bring their whole selves into the workplace, because sometimes they discover that, hmm, maybe my whole self is not actually going to be accepted. And you can think about that. Like, for example, if you are emotional around your expressions, and it could be even a cultural thing mm-hmm. where you use your hands a lot yeah. and, and, you, you, and people will say, hey, hold on, wait a minute, that's too much. <laughs> where does it come from? Are we told or is it just something we pick up on, we notice? Is it a choice we make or does it get forced on us? I think it's a bit of both, right? both it's a combination of things um, we we get it from our mentors mentors will say hey this is how things are done they're telling you to be authentic but there is a boundary around how far you need to go in terms of what you say what you do and even what you wear 
So you have mentors. And then you're also, people are looking around to see, well, who are the people who are most successful in the organization? What do they look like? What do they look like? What do they do? And so there's a pressure to actually be more like them. And so in my research, I call this behavior creating facades of conformity where we are basically suppressing any views, any attitudes, any expressions that we perceive to be unacceptable and go ahead and pretend to to embrace the norms and the values of the organization, even when they don't align with our own personal views and perspectives. And that's creating facade. It's just good old-fashioned positive reinforcement. You look around, who gets farther along within this company? Well, it's the people who like I said earlier, drink the Kool-Aid, right? The ones that are, that are, yeah. and that's who manages to progress. That's, and, and the, and the challenge is, so on top of that, we have our employer saying, bring your whole self into yeah, the yeah. place. And so now we have what I'm beginning to use a term called facades of authenticity, <laughs> because now we're putting on like this fake authentic. Yes. Thing. And especially we can see that in social media, because in social media, we don't really have the interpersonal thing going on. We can only go for the most part what people are writing. And, and if someone has like a bold statement, they say something really controversial, we'll assume that's authentic because it's bold. It's controversial. And it's not necessarily authentic at all. It could be a big facade, but people are doing it to, to draw attention and get more likes and followers. That is such a great, because we, we run into it. You, you see it, we're talking about the workplace, and you see it in the workplace where people are being authentic in the most conformist way possible. Like, oh, <laughs> this, this looks like authenticity, so I'm going to do it. And you can clearly tell it's not authentic. So you make such a great point. You're moving into another area of conformity by acting in a certain way that you think is authentic. That's exactly right. And in certain workplaces could be if you wear spiky hair or you if you dye your hair purple, oh, that's authentic. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, what's the downside for us as employees? To me, it's too much work. I, I can't be bothered, to be honest with you, Patricia. It's, it's hard work to be somebody else for eight hours a day. It is. Now, what's really important in this is for us to think about our core values. What, how do we define ourselves? What's important to us? And so, in other words, if I nod my head in a meeting about, oh, we're going to change our meeting place from the second floor to the third floor. All right. I may like being on the second floor because it's closest to my coffee, but it's not a value conflict. And so I can nod my head and agree. Is it really authentic in that I'm not really arguing for for my own perspective, okay, we can say maybe it's not authentic. But when I talk about authenticity, I'm talking about core values. So what's important to me? And so, for example, as a black woman, I felt pressure to straighten my hair when I was in the banking corporate arena back in the 1990s. I wouldn't do that today, but I felt that pressure because I felt that straight hair was was more acceptable and the work environment. Now I have long locks. You can look me up on my website. <laughs> I have natural <laughs> hair. That's authentic to me. And, and how I present myself in terms of being who I am, that's a core value. And so when we start compromising our core values, 
that's when it becomes exhausting. And I have found that in my research for anyone. It could be, um, for example, there were a number of men who were part of my research, and they would, and they were working for law firms. And they would say, well, I can't really talk a lot about my family because if I do that, I may not get receive that partnership role. And right. women would say the same thing. And so that's a core value conflict. And so when we're hiding aspects about ourselves and perspectives that are really meaningful to us, it's going to be costly from an emotional, psychological yep. perspective. Yep. And I have found over the years, and this is based on over 20 years of research, that people are more inclined to leave when they're creating facades over a long term. They'll begin to seek out different um, careers, perhaps, or different work environments, because creating a facade over the long term is just it's just too much. Plus, you're absolutely right. It is too much. But what about the fact that, like, I, I, I've worked for the same company for 25 years, and I feel a connection to the company and the people that I work with. Yeah. But if I'm not me in the workplace, can you actually establish that connection, Patricia? Is it sort of like this is, it, it, there's always a barrier, isn't there? Yeah, there is. The thing is, there, it, part of you is in there. It's just this. There are decisions that we have to make in the work environment. And so there could be some norms that we are, that we have to respect, but they're not necessarily us. Like you say, it's not necessarily me, but it's not that I'm breaking, I'm not compromising the core of who I am so that, so I can conform as long as it's consistent with my value system. Once we start pretending across the board, even when it comes to our core, then it will be difficult to build relationships because that's going to show up. And as you said earlier, that's going to have an impact on building trust in relationships. Um, okay, so that's what it costs us. What does it cost the company? It's got to cost them too. If you've got a bunch of phonies walking around telling you what you want to hear all day, I mean, you're missing out on something, aren't you? Absolutely. My research has shown that people will reduce in their engagement. And so that motivation and that excitement and that passion behind the work will be compromised when we can't be really true to ourselves. And that has impact on work performance. And so the companies are not getting the best of their employees when employees are not true to their core. So is that on management? How can management foster that? And can you? I mean, that's part of being authentic. Can you manufacture it or do you just need to allow for it? I mean, how can a, how can your workplace be more authenticity friendly, I guess? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's this concept um, called psychological safety. And I love referring to that. This, this is Amy Edmondson's work at Harvard Business School. And she talks a lot about creating an environment where you can say, hey, there was a mistake that occurred, or I disagree. You can share a divergent perspective towards building a stronger work environment and even a more innovative environment, because if you're bringing in different perspectives, we can only improve. We may argue a bit yeah, more, yeah. <laughs> but we get to a better end result. And so... And managers, and one way they can do is to encourage different perspectives, and and it say that and say that it's okay to to share a point of view that is 
the completely opposite uh, in the direction that we would normally take as, take as an organization, but it may open our thoughts in yep. terms of different ways we can approach the work that we do. Is part of it, it's going to be difficult. And you could, I mean, you, you, you're not saying that people who want to be authentic can be jerks. They clearly can't. I mean, you, there are still going to be some rules that are in place here, but as a manager, Absolutely. it's going to be difficult, right? It's extremely difficult, and that's why we are still battling yeah. with this concept of bring your whole self to work because everyone's afraid, especially in leaders, they're afraid to define it. Yeah. Right. And so I always say that, look, authenticity done well contributes to our work processes. It contributes to building a team. It contributes to building uh, a safe environment where people can be truthful. That's what we want. But if we're being authentic and we're being jerks, then that authenticity does not right. belong in this work environment. And it's okay to say that. And, and if you have clients that um, have certain expectations in terms of attire, we need to talk about that as a team. What, 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 how do we define professionalism? And are our definitions of professionalism encroaching upon cultural or religious values? We need to talk about that as a team. That's what leaders should be saying. I think it's great work you're doing. It's so it's something that, like I say, I really, really am drawn to. I appreciate you joining us to talk Thank through it today. You. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Patricia.